And a good afternoon and welcome to the Mecca Sports Talk. I'm your host, Keith Dewar, for this Tuesday, November the 23rd, 2021. And needless to say, Daffy Duck said it best right there. Despicable. An absolute despicable performance yesterday by the New York supposed football giants. An absolute disgrace. I'll get to the game in a second. If you want to listen to me and my podcast, you can follow me on Instagram at the Mecca Sports Talk. You could follow me on Facebook. You could also follow me on Spotify at also the Mecca Sports Talk. And you could also Google the Mecca Sports Talk as well if you would like to listen. Uh, <laughs> you know, I watched the game last night. And I wouldn't even call it a game. I would call it more like a uh, a public ex- execution, pretty much. That's pretty much how it looked last night, watching that game between the haves in Tampa and the have-nots in the Giants. I, I've been watching the Giants for pretty much about the past 36, 37 years. And I have never seen in my life... And they've had some real rough years uh, from time to time. But that game last night just exemplified why this team is the biggest disgrace right now going on in football. Period. I don't even want to hear about the Detroit Lions at this point. I don't want to hear about the New York Jets at this point. Because you look up and down that giant roster right now. Find me somebody, anybody on that friggin' team that you could say, oh, he's got a lot of upside. Tell me the player. Tell me who. And don't tell me Tony at wide receiver because the guy got hurt again yesterday and left the game and couldn't stay on the field. He can't stay on the field more than a week. Yeah, he could fake out me, you, and the person next door till the, the cows come home. It doesn't friggin' matter. He can't stay in the friggin' field. So who the hell cares what he could do when he's out there? Because he's going to leave the game. Because he's got a boo-boo. It's ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Tell me who's got upside on this team right now. Who? Who does? Nobody. Not a single soul on this friggin' team has any goddamn upside whatsoever. Now, let's start with the offensive line last night, who basically, they got Swiss cheese holes in them left and right, because they let that defensive line eat them alive yesterday, and Daniel Jones, who was running for his life half the game, I believe they said 46% of the offensive snaps that were a pass, Jones was pressured yesterday, 46%, almost half the snaps where they threw the ball. You, the only time I've seen it like that in recent memory was the Super Bowl last year, Kansas City and Tampa, where Kansas City's offensive line was absolutely manhandled by the Tampa Bay front four. And they obviously dominated that Super Bowl. They were the MVP of that game, that defensive front four of Tampa Bay. But last night, I mean, Will Hernandez had three holding penalties. Yeah. Another great pick by Gettleman. Second round pick in 2018. Yeah, he sucks. Take a hike. 
Andrew Thomas catches a touchdown last night. This is how bad things have gotten for the Giants. Now you have offensive tackles catching touchdowns because our godforsaken wide receivers can't friggin' do it. Galladay could take a goddamn hike. He friggin' sucks. $40 million guaranteed money? He sucks. Take a friggin' hike. Saquon Barkley, the guy can't friggin' get find a hole to save his life because there are no holes because the offensive line can't do jack crap to open a hole for him. But you look up and down this team. It's it's just one thing after another. Evan Ingram had two catches last night. Yippee. Galladay had one catch. He had as many catches as Andrew Thomas had there yesterday. The only reason the Giants scored a touchdown is because they intercepted a pass. And they had the ball at the five-yard line of Tampa's. And they were lucky to score a touchdown there anyway. Thomas actually made a nice catch in the end zone. Because Jones overthrew it a bit. But oh my God, I mean, you know, the offensive line, what a, you know, they were one for nine on third down yesterday. The offensive line just friggin', you know, said, eh, we're going to take the week off. We don't give a crap. Jones was running for his life. But never mind that, you know, I mean, regardless of how bad the offensive line looked yesterday and has looked for now the entire season for the most part and whoever else they've had on this team for the last several years. They haven't been able to protect Jones. They haven't been able to protect Eli. I mean, this has been, this is a, this is a pandemic, if you want to call it that. This is a pandemic of the offensive line. Just not being able to protect the quarterback and not being able to open up holes for the running backs. That's what it's turned into at this stage. I, I, I am at a total loss with what is going on with this franchise. What in the hell is the ownership group waiting for? Why have you not fired Gettleman yet? I don't get the trade deadline's gone, so who the hell cares at this point? Just give him his walking papers and tell him to take a hike. Nothing else needs to be said at this stage. You know, Joe Judge comes out and talks about, well, you know, I'm the head coach. I'm the one that has to take responsibility and this and that and yada, yada, yada. Well, damn, if if that's the case, then tell Jason Garrett, too, to take a hike because his offensive play calling is a friggin' joke and a half. Guy comes over from Dallas. He's supposed to be an offensive guru. Oh, really? He is? In what world are we talking about? Maybe in Madden. Maybe playing the PlayStation or the Xbox. But sure as hell in real life in football, he sure as hell ain't friggin' doing that. And you know, not for nothing. And let me get to the quarterback. Before I get to the running back. Actually, let me get to the running back first. You know, Saquon Barkley, again, I know he has had his health issues and this and that. But I think we could we could come to the conclusion at this point, that he's still not 100% number one. He's not going to be able to produce in a giant uniform number two, so as long as we have the crap offensive line that we do now. And, you know, he looked like he was banged up last night again a couple of times. He left the game, he came back in, gets his little yard and a half, two-yard pickup, 
because he has to break about 12 tackles because the offensive line doesn't protect and doesn't open up a hole for him. But, you know, it's crystal clear at this point. You wasted a number two pick on him. You could get a, a running back, you know, 25 picks later or in, or in the next round or two and find a guy that could produce basically the same as him, if not more. So they screwed that up. You know, and to me, I mean, Barkley, hey, I don't even think about giving him any big money. Tell him, see you later, go produce on another football team. And if he does, well, you know what, so be it. And that gets me to the quarterback. Now, last night, I understand he was running for his life. I understand that he had no protection. It was abysmal watching the offensive line, quote-unquote, perform last night. But I think we've seen enough of Jones now to suffice that he is not the answer for this football team. You know, last night he threw one of the worst passes I think I've ever seen in my life from anybody. And I've seen a lot of garbage quarterbacks in my time. And a number of them, giant quarterbacks. Dave Brown, Jesse Palmer, Ken Graham. Oh, there's been plenty. But last night, that one throw he made when he was rolling out to the right and threw back to the left and basically threw it right into the arms of the Tampa Bay defensive lineman. I mean, who who the hell is he trying to throw the ball to right there? Whoever it was, he was off by about five yards. It was insanity. Total insanity watching that pass get thrown yesterday. I could not believe that pass. Now, apparently, as I'm talking here, breaking news, the Giants just fired Jason Garrett. Wow, that's about the first good thing this team has done in about 10 years. They fired the clapper. Thank friggin' God. Take a hike. That's step one. Now, step two is get rid of Gettleman. And then we're getting somewhere. Now, back to the friggin' quarterback. So he threw that pass last night, which is, I, I mean, absolutely <laughs> laughable, comical. I don't know where, like I said, he was so off on that pass. It was unbelievable. And the other thing is, you know, he gets he gets out of the pocket and it's like it turns into panic mode. He doesn't know what to do. He, he, he looks at the receiver for too long rather than going with his read and throwing the pass quickly enough so this way then the receiver could catch the damn pass. But he doesn't do that. He takes too friggin' long to assess what's going on. And right now, in this day and age of the NFL, you can't have a quarterback like that. I don't care how many yards he runs for. And for that matter, last night, I think Brady actually outran him. So how the heck could you sit there and tell me that this guy's the answer right now? I, I, you know, I've seen now, I've seen enough, I think, to assess 
that I know he doesn't have an offensive line to protect him and this and that, but his reads are not good enough. And you need somebody that things, you know, click a little bit quicker when you're in the pocket. I mean, you know, not for the, he gets out of the pocket. Look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers. I know he's on a whole different stratosphere than, than Daniel Jones is. But when you, Aaron Rodgers gets out of the pocket and makes more time for himself to assess what to do, throw the ball away, which Daniel Jones doesn't seem to, know how, to not know how to do either, because we, we saw that a number of occasions yesterday, throwing the ball into traffic when he doesn't need to throw the ball into traffic at all, just throw the damn ball away. But, you know, you look at a guy like Rodgers, or you look like a guy at a guy like Russell Wilson, these guys get out of the pocket, they make things happen. Daniel Jones doesn't do that. Once in a blue moon, yeah, sure. But he doesn't, he just doesn't read the defense well enough, quickly enough. Look at Brady last night. I mean, there were a couple of throws, like the Gronkowski is an example, where, you know, it was tight into traffic because he knew Gronkowski was going to be there. And that comes, I know that comes with experience and repetition and this and that, but still, he finds a way to do it. And he's not mobile. He's a statue, basically, Brady, in the pocket. He doesn't go out of the pocket. Very rarely does he do that. But he runs like, you know, like a snail. But he's able to do that with no problem. None whatsoever. Daniel Jones can't do that. So you basically, so bottom line now, you've wasted a number two pick on Barkley. You wasted a number six pick on Jones. You know, Andrew Thomas was still waiting to see what happens with him. Apparently, he's a better pass catcher than he is a blocker. I mean, it's it's one thing after another. Galladay's friggin' contract was a, is a disaster. 40-something million. He had one catch yesterday. Evan Ingram's a piece of garbage. He can't catch a pass to save his life. Tony can't stay in the field. Shepard can't stay in the field. You know, so you try to surround Jones with some weapons, but these guys either can't catch the ball, they can't stay in the field. I mean, you know. So what the, the only option is you get rid of the GM, and at this point, you know what? You bring in a new GM. If he brings in a new head coach, so be it. If judges get the axe for it, then so be it. Yeah, he talks a nice game and this and that. He, you know, talks up the team. You know, we're responsible. I'm responsible. I'm the head coach. But, 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 but. That's great. I don't care about words. I care about actions. And right now, the only action I see from this team is that they suck total ass. And this is not like an outlier. This is not like this is the first week this has happened. This happens time after time again. I don't know how they won three games this year. How did they win three games with this offensive line? You know, they had to come back against the Saints. They had the, the game against the Raiders at MetLife. That they somehow won. You know, it just it boggles my mind how how bad this team is. I mean, when is the time gonna come when we're gonna say that Gettleman is no longer the GM of this team? I mean, people are wearing shirts saying fire Gettleman. People are chanting fire Gettleman in the stands. I mean, when is the ownership group gonna get it? 
that you got to press the reset button. And then you know what? I understand you want to win, but you have to press the reset button at this stage. You failed at quarterback. You failed at running back. You failed with Galladay. You failed every, you know, left and right. You failed with the offensive line again. Again and again and again. So where does it end? You know, I mean, right now, this team has, if I remember correctly, or they're, maybe they're a game ahead of the Jets or whatever, or two games ahead of the Jets in the last eight, nine, ten years, that the Giants had the worst record in the NFL over that stretch of games or whatever it may be. You know, it it just does not, you cannot have this in New York. I'm sorry. We're not the Lions. But right now, we look like we're the Lions 10 times over. How has it gotten so bad with this franchise? A franchise that won Super Bowl 42 and Super Bowl 46. And right now, as I've said a number of times, this feels like a millennium ago. That, that, that those Super Bowls happened. They've got to, like I said, press the reset button. Fire the general manager. You're going to have to tell Jones to take a hike. Barkley to take a hike. they got to figure something out. And you got to start with the guys in the trenches. Get a friggin' offensive line in here that can open up a hole for a running back, that can protect the quarterback, whoever the hell he is, and give this team a consistent chance at competing on a week-in and week-out basis. But right now, that effort last night, if you even call it an effort, was a total despicable disgrace. And I, I, you know, I've, I've had it up to here. My blood was boiling last night watching that game. You know, 17 to 10, they get the ball to start the second half. They get the ball down, I think, to about Tampa's 25. It was a fourth and about a yard and a half. And I knew what they were going to try to do. They were going to try to roll out and throw a throw a pass to Barkley out of the backfield, which is exactly what they tried to do or intended on doing. Barkley, of course, was covered. And then Jones, because he panics and doesn't know what to do, he gets out of the pocket and he throws a ball into the friggin' ground. Who the hell's going to catch that? One of the ants that are crawling on the ground? Because it sure as hell wasn't going to be any of the players catching the ball. He didn't even give the Giants a chance in that play. It was just abysmal. So thank God the Giants at least did something right for once. They fired that piece of garbage, Garrett. Take a hike. Go back down to Dallas and ruin that franchise again. Please. Go down there and screw them up. Because you screwed up the damn Giant franchise for 25 games that you were here as the the offensive coordinator. 25 or 26 games, whatever the heck it was. Thank God he's gone. Now, as far as the other teams or the other games from week number 11, well, it was not a good week for me. Once again, a 2-5 and five record this past week. 
So my record now, 34, 37, and 2. Uh, for some godforsaken reason, I picked the Giants to cover against the uh, against Tampa. Well, that clearly did not happen. I did cover with Miami against the Jets. Covered with Pittsburgh, barely against um, the Chargers in what was a wild football game, 41-37 to the other night on Sunday Night Football. And they always seem to have good games on Sunday Night Football, all the time. More often than not, you see a game that comes down to the wire. I mean, probably two-thirds of the games, at least, that it comes down to the very last possession. Um, Cleveland, a major struggle against Detroit. I picked Cleveland, getting uh, giving 12 against Detroit. Cleveland Bailey was, was able to pull out that game. A real struggle on their behalf. Uh, Seattle, who I thought was desperate, apparently not desperate enough, loses to Colt McCoy. And look at Arizona right now. Arizona's 9-2. Now, I know they had the hiccup against Carolina a couple of weeks ago. But Colt McCoy's come in and won two road divisional games against San Francisco and now against Seattle. And Arizona now has the bye. They're 9-2. They're first in the conference. They'll have two weeks to get Hopkins and Murray healthy. So right now they're flying high in the... In the NL and in the NL in the NFC West and in the NFC itself, uh, Carolina. I was surprised they lost to the Deadskins the other day. Deadskins with a uh, a win down in Carolina. Heineke played a solid game, and you know, look at the Deadskins. I mean, they're not. They won a couple of games in a row now uh, against Tampa and now against Carolina. You know, Carolina is just a weird team. They're so up and down. You know, Scam Newton played the other day. He looked all right, but the defense disappointed, I got to say, for for Carolina in that game against Washington. So, lost that game. And then the final game I lost was the Cowgirl game where uh, I know they were missing Amari Cooper and uh, C.D. Lamb got hurt uh, during the, uh, basically in one of the last plays before halftime. Uh, Dak Prescott just looked, you know, didn't look good at all against... um, Kansas City, and neither, and you know, not for nothing. When you look at Dallas, you know, I know they're they're in first place. They're going to win the NFC East, obviously. But when you look at the Cowgirls, and this has always been something that McCarthy team, Mike McCarthy teams do, they always seem to give up on the running game too quickly. You know, this happened at nauseum in Green Bay, and they had some decent running backs up there during the tenure that, that McCarthy had when he had Rodgers, obviously at QB. But when you look at the Cowgirls, you know, you have Pollard and you have Elliott in the backfield. You should be, and you got a good offensive line. You got to run the ball more if you're Dallas. You need to run the ball more to keep them honest, to keep the defense honest. You know, they, they they gave up too fast in the, in the game the other day. Elliott and Pollard were both non-factors again. And you were already missing Cooper. And then C.D. Lamb got hurt. So now you're missing your two best wide receivers. So don't you think you would try to put a little more emphasis on Elliott and Pollard? Or at least, you know, if you're not going to run the ball, throw a couple of screens to them or whatever. 
you know, or a draw play, whatever you want to call it. But there's no emphasis on no emphasis on the running game for Dallas. And that's going to be their bugaboo. It's not even the players. It's the head coach. The head coach is going to basically make or break this team's success or their failures for the 2021 season down in Dallas. That, to me, is the X factor. Whether or not he tries to put a little more emphasis on the run game for Dallas or if he tries to depend on the right arm of Dak Prescott to lead him to the promised land. I I just think that you have to try to balance that offense a little bit more by running the ball with the two-headed monster that you have. Because there's a lot of teams that don't have that luxury. They're lucky they have one running back, let alone two good ones like the Cowgirls do. So despite the fact that the Cowgirls are going to win that division going away, because they have a soft schedule coming up anyway, you know, when they get to the playoffs, you know, Dallas realistically is going to need probably to get up to about the number two seed in the conference to really have a shot at making a run for the Super Bowl. Because right now, they're a four seed, and if the playoffs started today, they play the Rams. And that's going to be one heck of a dangerous game for Dallas. You know, right now, Minnesota's the sixth seed, and the seventh seed, I forget off the top of my head, but uh, I think it's the Saints, actually. I mean, Minnesota's playing well right now. Look at the game they had against the Packers the other day. A 34-31 win, a last-second field goal. That was a uh, a real good game. And, you know, Kirk Cousins has flown under the radar. He had another solid game the other day. Justin Jefferson's an unbelievable wide receiver for the Vikings. And, um, you know, again, the, the Vikings with a, with a solid win against the division-leading Packers. So they're now at 500 after winning road game a road game in L.A. against the Chargers and now coming home to, f- to defeat the first-place Packers. So, I mean, again, you, uh, you look at some of these teams and, hey, look at Tennessee. Tennessee laid an absolute egg against Houston. How do you how do you allow that to happen if you're the Titans who are the number one seed coming into the week and they lose to the Houston Texans? Uh, that's embarrassing, totally embarrassing. So they slip a game, and now they got a big test this coming week when they play. I believe uh, they play the Patriots. I believe, let me see. I think they play New England this coming week. There's a couple of real good games this uh, upcoming week where, of course, we have the three Thursday games, which I'll briefly touch on in a minute. Yeah, the Titans are at New England. And right now, I mean, if you look at the AFC, I mean, other than maybe the Colts, who are playing really good right now, and they shellacked. Buffalo up in Buffalo the other day. That was one heck of a surprise. I did pick the Colts to cover in my entire thing I do, but I mean they were getting seven. The Colts. I thought they would cover that, but I didn't think they were going to win outright. Let alone destroy Buffalo up in Orchard Park. 
That was an absolute embarrassment for Buffalo. What is going on with them? I mean, now they're out of first place. It's like ho-hum, New England's in first place again. Just like old times. That was, that was I mean, a totally crazy game. What happened up in uh, in Buffalo. Um, you know, the Eagles, look at the Eagles. Who the Giants get to play Sunday. Yeah, who do you think I'm taking in that game? Yeah, Philly. Sure as hell ain't picking the Giants to beat Philly. Because the Giants never beat Philly. It doesn't matter who is on both teams. The Giants haven't had any success against Philly in like 20 years. Or probably since before Andy Reid was in Philadelphia. Eagles with a good win the other day against the Saints, 40-29. to Jalen Hurts with a really good game. And the funny thing is, if you look at his career stats so far, they're very similar over the first season and a half to what Lamar Jackson has posted statistically. Go take a look at those stats between those two. Very similar. Now, I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts is Lamar Jackson. I'm not going to go that far. But that was a... That was a good game for Philadelphia, and likelihood is they're going to get the 500 after this week, and they're right there for a playoff spot now, Philly, towards the bottom of the NFC picture. The Jets, hey, you know, 24-17, they lose to the Dolphins. I'm not totally surprised. Yeah, I thought Joe Flacco would lay an absolute egg against the Dolphins. He actually played halfway decent, but again, as I said in my opening the other day, why do you have Joe Flacco starting? There's no upside to this at all whatsoever. You can't tell me that starting him is a good thing. It's just not. So the Dolphins now, they've won three in a row. They're up to four and seven. As they try to get back to respectability. You know, and the Jets, hey, look. They got a great game from uh, the wide receiver if, who... The name now is escaping me. We had like a Hernan, Hernan 50 yards or so. Um, you know, Flacco, again, he threw for about 270 yards or so. He had a good game. But why do you, you know, again, there's no reason to be plus starting him. There was no reason to start him at all. It's a, it's It boggles my mind that they would, would you have three I mean, I know Wilson's still not healthy, but when you still have White and you have Johnson and they still decide not to start one of those guys over, um, over you know, Flacco, who's 100 years old, doesn't make any sense. Why the heck would you start him? I don't get it. But, hey, look, you know, Elijah Moore, who now in the game just pops in my mind, you know, eight reception, 141 yards. A real good game. Michael Carter left the game with an injury. See, so he's out now a couple of weeks for the Jets, which is unfortunate. But boy, oh boy, I, you know, that, that, that boggles my mind how that played out the other day for the Jets, you know, starting Flacco. I, I just don't understand. Bengals got back on track, 32-13. to 13, Blowout win at the, at the Raiders. And now 6-4. and four. They seem to be a for real team, uh, for real this year. They have a big game this coming week against Pittsburgh, who Steelers lost a real tough game to the Chargers. Came all the way back in the fourth quarter, only to fall 41 to 37 in a shootout. 
in LA. Um, you know, again, right now the Chargers, who are another one of those teams that are kind of the topsy turvy type of team, like Carolina. You really, you really don't know what you're going to get, uh, expect every week from that team. The one thing you can expect is for Justin Herbert to fling the ball down the field at at will. And he's done a great job for that Charger team. And they got some talent there. So it's still kind of confusing to see that they're... I mean, they are 6-4 and four and they're right in the middle of the picture in the, uh, in the AFC. And right now the AFC looks like a heck of a better conference than the NFC. You know, you have more good teams in the AFC than you do the NFC. You know, the NFC, you, you're very top-heavy. When you got Tampa, when you got Green Bay, when you got Arizona, the Rams, and Dallas. That's about it. In the, N- in the AFC, you can make a good argument for about eight or nine teams. You know, San Francisco is an example. They got back to 5-5. Five and five and he, Well, speaking of the NFC, San Francisco, 30-10 to 10 win in Jacksonville the other day which was pretty much a pro 49ers crowd uh, down there. And right now, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, you know, you got to kind of give a pass to him because the Jaguars are just an awful football team as a whole from top to bottom. They're going to have to change that coaching staff and see if somebody else can uh, lift up Lawrence to the lofty the lofty aspirations that people had for him. So I, I think, you know, they're going to they're gonna have to make a change down there, down in Jacksonville. You know, but he has not played well. I mean, he has more interceptions than touchdowns right now, Lawrence. So not a good situation uh, currently the way things are down there. But I think, again, you're going to have to change that coaching staff and try to bring in somebody. Hey, well, Jason Garrett's available. Maybe the Jaguars can get him to be their uh, offensive coordinator or maybe the head coach. Why not try him at this point? Let him go there. Just get him as far away from MetLife Stadium as possible now. So aside from that, that's really it. Um, you know, again, the Giants with a disgraceful performance last night against the defending Super Bowl champions. And again, you, you're now looking at a football team, quote-unquote football team, that cannot seem to get out of its own way. And on on Sunday at MetLife Stadium, I'm telling you, we better hear it loud and clear from Mara and the ownership group that Gettleman has to be fired, and he needs to go as soon as humanly possible. There's no trade deadline to worry about now. There's no free agency that we're going to even dare let him try to sign anybody this coming off season. No way. Are we even going to attempt that fate? Not a chance in hell. So he needs to go. And if you want to wait till the end of the regular season, then fine. But Black Monday comes around in the NFL. That Sunday after the regular season ends. That Monday, you better be handing him a pink slip. I feel bad for Joe Judge. You know, he's been put into a situation where he doesn't have a lot of talent. Well, he has a good, a decent amount of talent 
among those the player the um, the playmakers offensively. These guys are halfway decent. The problem is they either can't stay in the field, or again they collected their money like Galladay, who doesn't friggin' day doesn't catch passes consistently, can't stay in the field consistently. Got all this friggin' money, forty million guaranteed, and he's, far as I'm concerned, if he's a number three wide receiver, he he's lucky to be that. From what I've seen so far. Now, is that because of the quarterback? Is that because of the offensive line? Is it because of all the above? Hey, the bottom line is the person that put this this group together is the person that needs to be fired, which is Gettleman. And I'm going to keep saying it at nauseum every week. I'm going to come on. Have they fired him yet? Have they fired him yet? Have they fired him yet? The day that happens is when the Giants can finally turn the page and open a new chapter. And that new chapter, as far as I'm concerned, you're going to have a new GM. You're probably going to have a new head coach. You're going to have to have a new quarterback. And probably Barkley's going to have to get the heave-ho also. Along with half these stiffs on the offensive line. Evan Ingram, too. And Galladay, whatever they're going to do with him, they're stuck with him for a little while. But, you know, I, again, it's it's a situation that they have struck out time after time after time again with free agent picks, with draft picks. It's been just an ugly, ugly, dark time for this franchise that was a proud franchise. And right now, they are so far away from that that it's 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 insanity, total insanity. You can't even fathom that you would see the day that this team would sink to the depths of hell that they're in right now. In any case, I will be back on Thursday morning, Thanksgiving morning, to um, discuss the three games for the day. I will give picks for all three games. On Thursday, and I will also do, uh, in fact, on Sunday, I'll do my lucky seven picks also for for week number 12. So I will have a busy week ahead. Three games on Thursday, Chicago and Detroit, which will be a real barn burner. Please do not eat during that game. The Raiders in Dallas will be the second game of the day, followed by the nightcap, which will be Buffalo at New Orleans. So I will give picks on all three of those games, and then I will give my picks for the for the Jets and the, the Giants this coming week, and also the remaining games, Lucky 7, whatever you want to call it. Right now, it's Unlucky 7 because I keep on losing, but that... Culture kind of creeps in when you're a Giants fan. You know, it's a losing culture. So, something needs to change. And we know what needs to change if you're a Giants fan. Because we all know what it is that needs to be done. You would just hope that one of these days, the owner would get his act together and realize that the fans are right and he is not. 
So Mara, if you're listening out there to any to me or to anybody else that bleeds Giants blue, please, for the love of God, fire Dave Gettleman already. What in the world are you waiting for? Talk to you on Thursday.